I love it. This is a shambles, but it is just spectacular and obviously precious to this city. Absolutely. I see a building that is loved. People would look at it and think, oh my God, it's so ramshackle. But it's, it's really not. It's a tribute to Tarrant that it's used. There's a business running from, from this building. The interventions have been kept minimal. So um, you can still, still see the space. It's not compartmentalised or changed in any way, shape or form. And it really is, I think, um, a, a great icon for our city um, that we still have this quite rare 1920s cinema. When it comes to trying to protect, preserve and maybe even reuse this building in in another form one day beyond the work that goes on here at the moment, Mm. who has a role in in that? Obviously, money is one Mm. thing. It would take a lot of money Mm. to one day maybe see Terry's dreams for the potential of the building come through. But where do those responsibilities to help lie? Look, the thing is, it, sometimes it's just a matter of waiting. And I think that's what Terry's doing. Terry is basically caring for, investing and loving the building as best he can at this point in time. I mean, we all live in, in an economy and so we are all um, subject to the vagaries of the economy, large economy and our local economy as well. Um, so at this point in time, I think that Terry is um, running the building quite appropriately and quite adequately Um, and there will come a time when Terry can move forward with his plans and and do other things but at this point in time it's a matter of just waiting and and just using the building and seeing it here um, like this without any of those unsympathetic interventions is quite okay. Isn't it wonderful that you can walk in here, there's no false ceiling, there's no false walls. And anyone it's can all come here. in here, can't they, Terry? <laughs> it's been open every day for 47 years, which keeps it as a building, yeah. it's alive. And that, that, that says something, I think, about Terry as well, in that, you know, he's running this business here, but he's, he's quite open to people coming in because this is a community building you know and there are memories stored here in the walls I mean I can almost hear it talking to me now I can almost hear the chatter and the resonance of people and you know that anticipation before the film actually came on I can hear it truly Um, (laughs) um, and I think that you know this is the sort of place that is such a great heritage building to have because it's a pub it was always a public building so it was always open um, and it's still open it's still a, it's privately owned obviously but it's, it, it's a public place it is it's the same seating capacity as the civic which is unbelievable but the civic itself is a different place than it was 20 or 30 years ago as well it's maintained by the ratepayers, of course, so it has a... It's subsidised. It's subsidised, and it's a fabulous building. Mm. This building really will probably come back into the life of the city once the Civic is used to its optimum potential. I don't think there's room in Newcastle to auditoriums this size... Mm. You know, There's that supply and demand supply issue, isn't there? Supply and demand issue, yes. Well, well, this, once the Civic, which is on its way now to some sort of future, depending on what it shows there. Mm. You used to be able to walk into the Civic at lunchtime and have a sandwich, watch a show. doesn't happen these days. No, it's a special event. It's a special mm. event, you know. So, so, yes, the Civic really has to 
uh, reach its potential before the city needs another venue. But this is a very different venue to the Civic anyway. One little... Can I just ask a trick question? Just a trick question. Please do. <laughs> what is the one thing that the Town Hall and the Civic share that makes them both usable buildings. Any light bulbs for you, Carol? (laughs) Really bad internet access, I know that. (laughs) Well, actually, it's that little lane that runs between them. If you took that lane out, you couldn't service either building and access is what this building needs. Currently, that is our driveway. Beaumont Street, it's not optimal, is it? This building, if it's ever going to have a a life in the theatre art side of Newcastle, Mm. it's got to have access, Mm. which we hope to provide. Without it, you've got a bit of an economic basket Mm. case. But um, having said that, um, as I was alluding to, it's okay that this building looks like this and is sitting like this at this point in time. It's being looked after. It's being maintained, it's being looked after. People can come in here. Emmett's here again to recant his tales of, um, you know, the fabulous 1950s and 60s. Terence is here looking after the building, running his business with his family. What, What more could you ask for, really? Contrast it to other theatres, and we will be having a look at some of those later on, there are different uses that, that match with the economic cycle, such as the Mission Theatre, which is now the Bacchus Restaurant. Now, a whole lot of things need to come into alignment to get, it to, the, to get a place to that point so that you can adaptively reuse. It's, we can contrast that because obviously they, that building has had interventions and it has um, changed in terms of um, modifications and how the fabric is used and, and its integrity in terms of how intact is. So it's really interesting to have a look at this theatre, which hasn't been changed at all, um, and to know that at this point in time in the economic cycle, it's quite okay that it, it looks like this. And it maintains the integrity of the fabric. You can still see... Um, it's true. For, yeah. It's true. And, for example, the ventilation system mm. is still intact, isn't it? It and works. Yeah. The building was designed by an industrial designer working for BHP, a guy by the name of Hewitt, which is quite ironic because he was used to designing, you know, quite industrial buildings and um, structures and he he got an opportunity to be flamboyant, creative, expressive (laughs) and this is what we got, this grand... Grecian-style theatre. With, if you go outside and have a look at the, uh, the the external facade, the Greek order of architecture is absolutely correct. There's nothing wrong with it, and yet he was an industrial designer. Yes, but perhaps that was the path that his career took him mm. from learning all of those skills and having all of that knowledge. Yeah beforehand and how much fun that must have been for him. Mm. And Terry can probably um, explain a little about the ventilation system. It's, it's quite ingenious, actually. Mm. Well, yes, the lattice panels, which send down dust onto everything we <laughs> sell here, is actually the way the 1,600 people in here would produce a lot of heat. There's vents and louvers on the sides of the walls that draw air in. These sconces over here. These sconces. Round sconces. Yep. Mm, they have uh, louvers on the outside. So the air's drawn in from the street 
rises, heated rises, goes through the uh, lattice in the ceiling, now through the ventilators. How ingenious so, so this is a naturally ventilated building. It's pleasant for the majority of the year. It's very cold for about three months in the middle of winter. And that's, it's all natural. You are such a fabulous owner for a building like this because you. you understand that you do as much as necessary but as little as possible, basically. You know, you allow the building to speak for itself without changing it, without trying to ticky-tack around it, without having to add any trappings. The building's speaking for itself. Sometimes I've stopped that over the years as well. Mm. I'm so in love with this building. I mean, I'm so in love with so many buildings the in Newcastle, but this is thing. one of my favourites. The great thing is, now that this is heritage listed, this is part of the Newcastle's life for forever. Your grandchildren might be sitting here one day doing something, watching something, being part of something. Say, so, and even Grandma never got to do this. <laughs> That's all right, but Grandma swam in the bogey hole while you still took your life in your hands to get there. Cut lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine this building is just a part of your entire life. Well, uh, it was purchased after it closed as a cinema, so I was fairly young then so it's been a continuing point of reference in what I've been up to yes just a part of home yes it is virtually that why did the family want it it was for sale though my father didn't know what he would do with it but he just thought yes buy it and think about that later it's a matter of fun um, of uh, just figuring out what path to take ahead in a, in a world that's very up and down at the moment you know it's not too much surety left where people do all their shopping online you know you've got to consider what direction would you take a building like this what did your father think of this building did he have any sort of emotional attachment to it or was it just up for sale and seemed like a good idea and i'll grab that and worry about it later all of the above but you know he's a bit of a showman himself so uh, he found this a suitable venue for his act. Well, it wasn't expensive when it was on the market. And I imagine it, uh, that the world of cinema these days is um, pretty well taken over by TV, video, and a whole load of other cinema screens and the big blank one up there. That was just the introduction to imagery, you know, as, a, as an art form, yeah. let's say, as an art form. Why do you continue to to work here? It's, it's a pretty good location. It's not quite like my office. It's a bit more spectacular, even if it is distressed spectacular. Yes. We have plans. We have plans. <laughs> what are your plans? <laughs> uh, well, we do have some adjacent land. To see, the building as a, as a cinema was only ever a sit-down cinema. They were so mean when they built this place they only had enough space for themselves to count the money. <laughs> it's not like the Civic that has reception rooms and restaurants and um, areas outside of the auditorium. This is auditorium only. And that's it. There is no servicing hmm. spaces for this building, as in, say, the State Cinema or the Civic. So we have, over the years, picked up some land next door to this building which means that it could have a life 
in the future. It's a lovely building. It'll be here. It's heritage listed. And, but the thing is, it's got to have an economic life. Yeah. Someone has to pay to do this up. And they also have to have a reason. Mm. It's in Beaumont Street. Some things, though, Terry, right. you just do for love. Well, yeah, a lot of things, actually. But pouring money down a black hole is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an emotional attachment to this building given that it's been in your family for a considerable number of years. Do you have an emotional attachment to it or would you like to be the person who oversees the next life of this theatre? Or at least guide it there. Guide it there might be a better, you know, I'm I'm getting a little bit old, you know, I'm going to say I may not be around for (laughs) for, uh, Could you carry on? I'm sure you know that the great age of entertainment, live entertainment in Newcastle is very thin on the ground Mm. compared to what it was 20 or 30 years ago. So we deal with life as it comes to us, work with that. You know, it's, it's all economics. What do I see when I see around me? Islington is becoming a great place. It's certainly transformed. We've been in a long time. We've seen it top. We've seen it go downhill rapidly. We've seen it sink and we're watching it come up again. Mm. So, yes, there is, there is hope. Hope for Hunter Street as well. If Islington do it, so can Newcastle West. What are the secrets of this building? The secrets of this building. Buildings like this are accumulators. You never know their secrets because there's so many, so many people come into this building and it's really part of their life. You know, they can come back and they can say, this is where we sat when we came here for the movies. I remember the lady on the lolly counter. There's a whole... This, buildings like this accumulate so many things, and this is why they're community buildings. They belong to the community because this is where they all have their special memories. Sarah, you just described it as a folly. Why? It's, I suppose, the way I see it is um, it's, it's so, the architecture is so flamboyant, the design, the decoration, um, it's really about that sort of... Picture ex- palace. Yeah, a picture palace, but expressing ideas about optimism and, um, you know, grandeur and within the architecture. It's like the theatre is a, the- is a, is a stage. The, the architecture becomes part of the, the experience, part of the event, coming to see a show. But it is of its time, and I can remember going to one of the cinemas that existed when I was a kid in Manly, and the... Uh, the organ, the keyboard would still come up out of the stage and think into this and thinking that it was completely magical. Well, it is magical, isn't it? I mean, look around you, look at the proscenium arch. I mean, you don't get architecture, you don't get theatres built like this these days. So I suppose that's the reference to the folly. And Herbert actually um, had the three theatres at the time. He had Broadmeadow, Islington and Hamilton. Um, So this was one of the the three, the triumvirate, if you like. Emmett can probably recount some of the tales about people coming to each of the three theatres. Emmett, you were here as a lolly boy. Lolly boy, yes. (laughs) When were you here? Oh, late 50s. Did they pay you in shillings or lollies? Uh, No, (laughs) sixpences and shillings. (laughs) What are your memories of this place? Obviously, you're still here. You must have a real attachment to this building. No, no, lots and lots of memories and lots of friends. We always sat in the same place. And Where parents, did you sit? I sat over there. As I walked down there, I know exactly where I used to sit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you came here? Uh, it was the Saturday afternoon matinee. 
one o'clock, about one o'clock it would start. What did you come to see? Zorro and <laughs> Tom Mix. <laughs> all, the, all those serials that were on at the time there. And was that part of the fascination for wanting to work here too? I think the, the desire for a bit of money to, to be able to buy other things because we were very poor in those days. And then there was... A, and a movie ticket. Uh, of course, yeah. There was Miss uh, Palmer who was the cashier there. She was very, very old and she seemed to be there forever. She'd go to sleep in between each person buying a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Are there secrets to the building? Physical secrets or Uh, secrets of events? Events. There had had been a couple of sort of stage shows during the time that I was working here, but uh, not so many. Mm. Mostly uh, matinee Saturday afternoon and everyone would meet up and there'd be... All the back seats would be all the boys and girls sitting together kissing each other. And Surely not. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, no, it was really another time. The cinemas these days are nothing like that. You know, there's a big atmosphere and, and everybody met all the area. Everybody came here. You'd see a whole family in a row. They'd sit in the same row every time they come to the cinema. And my parents would come here and they'd sit in the same place. So yeah. it was an event. We don't, really we don't have events like that anymore. No, no. And then I was Lolly Boy, and then from down at the corner down here, there was another boy called Philip Foreman, and his son is John Foreman now, that's very famous, and he was the Lolly Boy here also at that time. <laughs> the trays are still here. Yeah. The trays are still here? The, the lolly trays are still here. Terence has, has saved them and, and um, reclaimed them. 